Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful. Oh, Jesus. I cry today. Whatever thing God will do, God will do. Hallelujah. You let, let's allow the man of God to finish. As I said, this morning is a morning of the spirit. And this morning we are going to have a lot of spirit engagement. We are going to have a lot of spirit engagement. As I said, don't allow anything to distract you. I want you to stay focused as much as you can. Stay focused as much as you can. As a man of God takes over right now, I want you to stay focused. I want you to stay focused. Stay focused. Put your eye on him. Put your eye on the Lord. Fix your eye on the Lord continually. 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 As the man of God takes over, as the man of God takes over, fix your eye on the Lord continually. Continually. The word is continually. 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 There's something for you this morning. There's something for you this morning. God is about doing something in your life. 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 Shadabagaba Shagadabahasa. God is about doing something in your life. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Fix your gaze on the Lord. Fix your gaze on the Lord. Fix your gaze on the Lord. Don't lose focus. Don't lose focus. When the man of God is done, we are going to have some Holy Ghost engagement. We are going to, today, we are going to spend time in the Spirit. That's what the Lord spoke to me this morning. So the man of God will just highlight some few things, then we enter the place of the Spirit. Is somebody ready for that? Is somebody ready for that? I don't know what he's about to teach though, but the Lord said to me that he will lay the foundations into the Spirit. He will lay the foundations of the Spirit, the engagement of the Spirit, the fellowship of man, the place where man and God engage in the sense of the believer and the Lord spoke to me this morning that that is what I'm going to do this morning and I'll usher my people into the realm of the engagement they're going to see the realities of what he's going to talk about and that is where we'll pick that scripture when he's done we'll pick that scripture we're going to have a very long time in his presence yeah we are not going to go beyond our time though but we're going to have an engagement in the spirit where the move of God is going to be strong. Hallelujah. I, I want you to stay focused. Very, very important to me. Focus. Because one thing I always say, one thing that always deals with the spirit 
is distraction. The enemy for the glory of God is distraction. The enemy of the glory of God is distraction. It's not even Satan. Satan is not even an enemy to the glory. It is distraction. Distraction can be in any form. Distraction can be in any form. So I want you to pay attention to the man of God. Follow with your heart and your mind. And I know some God has something for you. Hallelujah. God bless you, man of God. Please, the floor is yours. Thank you, man of God, for this opportunity. Thank you once again. I want everyone to listen to the voice begin to thank God for this moment. It's an awesome time in His presence. Begin to thank God once again. Father, we thank you for this moment. We give you praise. We give you all the honor. Thank you for this moment. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this moment. You are the one, the the reason why we are gathered together. You say, where two or more are gathered in my name, I am in your midst. Thank you, Lord. We have gathered on this platform in your name. You are in our midst. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, Quickly, I want us to pray this one prayer once again. That Father, open my eyes to see. Open my eyes. Open my eyes to see. In the book of Ephesians, chapter one, verse fourteen, coming down. After Paul have laid down the revelations, he prayed for the church that God should open their eyes, grant them the the spirit of wisdom and understanding in the knowledge mm. of him for their eyes for the the eyes of the understanding they are lightened so that mm. they may know what is the hope of their calling because whatever Thank revelation that is released there must be an understanding so that you may be able to know and begin to orient mm. your life to it so father open up my eyes to see open up my eyes to see from your lord thank you open lord. Up my eyes the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know Mm. what is the hope Mm. of your calling Uh, and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance thank you lord thank you lord thank you lord give us understanding this morning thank you lord Thank you, Lord. In Jesus, precious in the name, name of we have prayed. Amen. Please, can you hear me? If you can hear me, let me see any emoji. Okay, okay. The reality of the unseen realm. We have laid the foundation for the last three days. Today, I want to. Um, continue with the ties of the plan of God, the plans of God in the decree, the divine decree. Yesterday we dealt with the contents of the divine decree, and we said the divine decree contains the plan of God concerning all His works. So whatever major event in history or in creation that God did, He has a specific plan for it. So He drew all the plans. Some of them are under others, but it's like a very big book which have chapters so let's say if the first chapter will be the creation plan of god and under the creation plan of god you're going to get the sub plans that he has written down for all the works we said in hebrew chapter 4 that the bible says that as he has he said to the people that they will not enter into his rest even though his works were finished from the foundation of the world we may know that the planner of the 
the, the, the decrees is God the Father. And the one who is implementing it, the implementer, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we say the one who reveals it is the Holy Spirit. That is why we pray the prayer that the God should grant us the spirit of revelation and knowledge, the understanding, to be able to know, to be able to understand the revelation came by the Holy Spirit. He is the one who is revealing that plan. They reveal that plan. That is what Paul laid down in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 14. It's all about that plan. The plan that God has written down concerning you, concerning the church in eternity past, the first unseen realm. So, we talked about the creation plan of God yesterday. Then we move on to the historical plan. Another creation plan, we said God created two categories of free will creatures. We talked in length with um, the creation of angels before the creation of man and we said the creation of man was to resolve the prehistoric angelic conflict the conflict between the angels which necessitated the creation of man and the restoration of the earth in genesis chapter 1 verse 3 so that's what happened and we talk about that at length we move on to the historical plan of god we said this plan of god concerning the nations the history after the fall so it's about historical history what happened after the fall what happens after the fall that we did so we talk about genesis chapter 11 where god divided the nations into 70 nations according to their tribes according to their nations after the tower of babel debacle but it was all part of god's plan now let's open our bibles to acts chapter 17 verse 26 Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Somebody should please place this for me. Acts chapter 17, verse number 26. Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Now, this is what when Paul went to a Greek city, Bible said that when he entered that city, his spirit was moved because the whole city were given to idols. And he moved into the Agora, which was like a place of contention, a place where they sit and talk about things or philosophical things and other stuff so when paul the apostle reached there he went to agora we call it mass hill so he was given an opportunity to express his view and talk about whatever divinity he was coming to reveal and he said as i was passing i've seen that this whole city is very religious and i saw so many altars for the gods that you have but there's an altar that you have written up upon it to the unknown God, which means they had an idea there was a God that they don't know. And he said, this God I've come to reveal unto you. So he came and began to talk at length, trying to talk about how um, some of the philosophies of the people gathered there were not actually all that true because there were Stoics and there were um, other people who were there. But this, every one of these people had a philosophy about how creation came about how the people um all nations came about and the greeks invented a myth that the greeks were people who came from mountains so they are the sons of the gods so they were special people who were different from all other tribes on earth so they had that sort of philosophy the epicureans had that they said the creation started by a ball of light um, a ball of light and it will end in uh, the whole earth and govern in fire. So they have some sort of um, revelation about the, the origin of things and also the commencement of things. That is why I don't see anything 
different from what the 80s say that there was a big bang theory the big bang theory is not something new it was some of the philosophies of the stoics and the epicureans and that time maybe they have just changed it in a certain form but it's the same idea but the bible says that it was god who just caused it to be everything that you see the lord jesus christ caused everything to be in genesis chapter 1 verse 1. so paul was giving a rundown about creation about how god have done it and paul was using this doctrine of divine decree the contents that i was talking about he talked about the creation plan of god and he talked about the historical plan of god talk about the the civilization plan of god and ended with the salvation plan of god so paul was a theologian and he knew this sort of um, content that we are dealing with so it is in line with what he has said so acts chapter 17 verse 26 when paul was starting with it um he said um Acts chapter 17 verse 22 let's read from 22 coming down he says so paul standing in the midst of the areopagus that is the mass hill the place that he was asked to come and stand and explain he began to say men and brethren or men of athens i perceive that in every way you are very religious for i have passed along and observed the object for i passed i passed by and beheld your devotions i found an altar with this inscription to the unknown god whom therefore ye ignorantly worship which means worshiping god through idols is ignorance that's what paul is trying to say because you worship him through idols so you ignorantly worship him i declare unto you so paul said he was not going to reveal the true god to the people that's what he was trying to say here in the verse 24 he says god had made the world and all the things that therein so that is the creation plan of god that's what paul just said concerning the creation plan of god he just made that statement reference to the creation plan of god so paul is starting with every content in the divine decree so he said that god that made the world and all things that therein seeing that he is the lord of heaven and earth shall not dwell in temples that made with hands no he is served by human hands as though he need everything so he begins to talk about how god have done then if you move to verse 26 the verse 26 he says and had made of one blood all nation of men so he says that all nations came through from one person that is talking about adam and eve after the fall so it is through them that we have nations we know the documentation in the book of genesis if we read genesis chapter uh, 4 after they came out of the garden bible said and abra adam knew his wife and they gave birth to a son so we gave birth to sons the first one was cain the next one was abel and we know in genesis chapter 5 talking about the the hall of fame of that civilization um the people who were mature believers talking about their bloodline so he was talking about how the nations came to pass so paul used just a statement to summarize what happened from genesis chapter 4 to genesis chapter 10 to genesis chapter 11 the tower of babel i talked about the historical plan of god so that's what he's trying to say that how god made the nations so he said he has made of one blood that is from adam and eve all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth that is he had made and had determined that's where i want to emphasize and had determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation 
he has determined the times before appointed so that word appointed here is called predetermined the the, the predestination of nations so god himself knew all nations that were ever exist in history and decide which period of time in history this nation will appear so wherever nation whatever nation you see in this earth it's not something that is a creation of somebody. So if you are living in Ghana, it is not just because Nkrumah stood up and said there should be Ghana. God knew that there's going to be a nation called Ghana. So you might think that somebody just took a, a name of a nation. Somebody said, well, I want there to be US. I want a nation to be Nigeria. No. It is all part of the divine decree. So God began to bring all to pass. We knew the contents of some of them concerning the nations who were about to come, especially the empires, when they, he revealed the empire which were about to um, appear on this earth to Nebuchadnezzar in his dream in the book of Daniel that the kingdom that you are in is the one with gold another one will come he mentioned even up to the last kingdom that will come and even the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ which will be what we call the millennium so the historical plan of God here every nation has been determined predetermined by God and he said that he had determined the times that they will appear and also the bound of their habitation. So the geography of Ghana or the border lines or what we call the, the borders of Ghana, all of them have been determined by God. You can never move past what God has determined you to be. The border lines of even nations are all determined by God. So you can never move further. He knew the bounds of it. That is why you can tell Abraham that I'm going to give this vast land to you and your children. It will stretch from this place to this place. Because he was just talking from the divine decree. He said, this is my plan. I want you to enter into this blessing that this nation is going to be one, the nation for your descendants. So everything, the bounds of their habitation, no one can move beyond that. How do we know? Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 8. Someone should open it for me. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 8. Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 8. We are still with the historical plan of God. Deuteronomy 32 verse 8. Now, it says, When the Most High divided the nations their inheritance, you see the point. The inheritance, that's the lands that they are going to live on. Moses called it the inheritance. So Moses knew this doctrine too. So he was, by the power of the Holy Spirit, was revealing the same thing. He said, when the Most High, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, because if you read the book of um, Genesis chapter 11, talks about the Tower of Babel, the Lord said, because of man, they, they have uh, made up their mind to build that tower, to the heavens so let us go down and go and confuse them so the lord came down the lord jesus christ in angelic body with other angels came down and begin to divide them so the lord said go to let us do um, when they said that so the lord came down and um he 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 came down and separated them into different nations and the nations were 70 nations that is why the nations of the earth are coming from the sons of noah the three sons of Noah made up the 70 nations that were made at that time. So if you read this scripture, for example, he says that when the Most High divided the nations, their inheritance, Moses was giving in a history. When he separated the sons of Adam, that's talking about the humanity, he set the bounds of the people. You see, that's what Paul was talking about. He knew the bounds of the habitation. He set the bounds of the people. 
according to the number of the children of Israel. But this one is a wrong translation. The children of Israel, if you check, is there according to the to the, the sons of God. It's, it's not Israel. The, the, the actual Hebrew this should have been the sons of God. If you need other translations, he gives you the sons of God, which means he separated according to the angels. So that is where the doctrine of the angels ruling nations come from. Historical plan. So the nations they have angels ruling them. That is what uh, was revealed in the book of Daniel that there was a, a, an angel who was ruling the the the, the, the empire of of uh, uh, Persia and that of Babylon too. So when uh, one angel wanted to enter into his domain, he said, "No, I will not en- allow you to enter that place." So the sons of God, as the angels, he divided them. Now look at the next verse, the twenty-two verse nine. Moses is trying to tell the people of Israel when he was writing this that the nations, the plan of God concerning nations, he has determined, he has selected you as a nation. So the, the historical plan of God, if you read the next verse, it says, But he chose, uh, yes, for the Lord portion is his people. Jacob is the Lord of his inheritance. So the Lord divided all the nations. And the land, the whole land of the earth, he knew it. He knew it and said, okay, I'm going to give it them to these angels to rule the nations. I'm going to give them to these angels to rule the nations. But I want to be the ruler of only one of the nations. So he divided like um, somebody dividing something to share among them. We call the lot. So he said the lot that he chose, he said, uh, the Israel, Jacob is his portion. So dividing nation to rule them because all of them were under one rulership. The Lord was ruling all humanity as one. They all had one language. But because of that debacle at Tower of Babel, he decided to divide them into nations. Now, this one will be the reason why we have the book of Acts when we talk about God dividing the nation, dividing unto the disciples the uh, the tongues of nations. Tongues comes from this scripture. The basis of tongues should come from this scripture. It's angelic language. The language that we are speaking here, they are just language of angels. If you are somebody who have been uh, conversant with how even uh, the people, the idol worshippers, what they do whenever the spirit, spirit come upon them and they are um, they are manifesting at times, if someone that person might be speaking, let's say a language, let's say you speak three. Um, some of the gods that they are worshipping are gods of certain tribes. So their God will speak through them. The person's language will change and will speak maybe frafra or let's say, yes, that incantation that they do. We will speak different languages. So whatever thing that they are encountering, what the incantation they are doing, is the language of the fallen angels who are called gods. That's what they are communicating with because it comes upon them for them to speak it. So Bible says that because the book of Acts it's definitely that foundation is that God wants to say that he wants to reclaim all nations again. So he has to divide the nation's tongues upon the disciples so that they can go and preach the gospel to all nations and bring them back again. That's the book of Acts, the reason why he divided tongues. So when Paul was saying that if I can speak the language of angels and I don't have love, I don't have love. I'm of, I'm nothing. He was talking about this thing because it is from that language because they have to change your tongue. They have to touch you for your tongue to change. So whatever language that comes up in history is just a language of one of the angels. And we know that the angels, they are in different categories. So um, those who fell, because they were all in one group, and those who fell are what we call the fallen angels, and those who are still with God are the elect angels. So all of them will 
who have they can speak the same language so whether it's a fallen angel or a rare angel you know that is why some people the angels who appear to them maybe someone is a prophet is maybe somebody who cannot speak english the angel can speak to that person in the tree language because they can speak the tree and if the person is an english the angel will speak in english in the bible the angels which appeared to daniel didn't speak in english they spoke in hebrew because the angels that were set by the lord for that nation that tribe that nation of israel the angel who was lead from the category of the warring angels that um, angel is called michael and that one who was in the category of the information system of heaven it's called uh, gabriel so he is the one who has been communicating so he can send some of them to come and work for israel if you read the book of daniel chapter 12 um, you can see it down chapter 12 verse uh, 1 to 3 it talks about uh, it said that in the latter days talking about the, la- the before the, the the end of the tribulation Michael one of your, your princes will rise up and protect the people of Israel Daniel chapter 12 verse 1 and the time shall come and at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince will stand up for the children of thy people you see talking about Israel their angel that is protecting them is Michael so we said that one of the princes we have we have known that one of them is also gabriel he's one who is in charge of the information system of heaven god himself the lord jesus christ has set for the people of israel but there are other angels who are set for another nation who are also part of the elect angels if you read the book of um daniel when um the angel came daniel prayed for 21 days and the angel came through he began to explain to him he said that i was restored by the prince of persia and another angel said that i was the one who strengthened darius in his reign which means the angel the elect angel god sent for that nation to rule the moment the the ties change and the, the the ruler was a believer that angel was strengthened that darius the king in his reign this one speaks to us that whatever throne whatever position that is given to anybody in this life um, there's a spirit behind it there's an angel or there's a spirit that is making that person sit in that authority that is why we tell you that you should take your life serious whatever position you want to have whatever um blessing you want to have whatever uh, rulership you want to have there must be a spirit that will back you up at times you might not see them the angels are there your angels who are serving you they are there but they have to help you they, they have to work things out for you that is why um they have they have to work for you because nations have angels and every position also have angels behind them they just by the by so that is how it is so paul was talking about the bounds of the habitation it's about the historical plan of god so in history god himself uh have declared have decreed that they are going to be these certain nations and he divided into according to 70 nations that is why he also came and chose um other 70 disciples we also have the septuagint we have um and even when moses when um they read the the wilderness god told him to set 70 elders to help him in judgment you see so talking about angels sitting on thrones and judging a nation or judging a group of people it, there should the number should be 70. see god is very meticulous in whatever thing he does because if you check the nations that were divided in the book of um, Genesis chapter 11, if you count all the nations according to them, they are 70 exactly. They are 70. That is why they also have 70 elders to also be on, uh, to rule the people of Israel, to help Moses exact the judgment uh, system of Israel. Because 70 is the number of perfection. So that's what it is. Uh-huh. So 
um, you can see that one from the historical plan of God perspective. So this is where the foundation is. And we can know in Acts, um, okay, then I won't go into that one, but um, that's it. Um, Acts chapter 17, verse 26, Paul was talking about how God planned. So whatever nation that you are in, you are also part under the historical plan of God. So God will not determine that you are going to live. So they have to be a creation for you. He will determine that you are going to live after the fall. So you have to be part of the salvation plan. You are going to be saved. Then God knew that you have to live in a nation. So we have to also consider you in the historical plan of God. So he makes time that you are going to appear in history in this time of the year, in this season. That is why a prophet, when God reveals certain portions of it to them, he said, that, oh, in the year two years, the two years time, we are going to give birth to a son and the son will be born on this date, exactly to come. That's why we call the forensic prophets because it is God revealing the Holy Spirit, revealing the plan, the decree of God concerning that individual to appear in time that he has revealed to the prophet to speak. So when you speak it, it's just God giving him some small apport, giving some small, uh, uh, um, giving some small information about that decree, that book. He just reveals small part of it. There's going to be somebody is going to give birth to this. And the, the date of birth is that. So God knew you from the foundation of the world. He knew the day, your date of birth before he even created the world. So you are not a mistake. That is where the foundation of that doctrine comes from. You are not a mistake. You came. God knew you exactly your date of birth. Even David said, even my 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 frame were before you, before I even came to this earth. God told even Jeremiah the same thing based on that decree that before you became a clot of blood in your mother's womb, that's before you even existed, I knew you and I ordained you to be a prophet. So you see, I ordained you to be a prophet. Me, you are going to live in Israel. So when you were being born, I knew you already part of my plan because by my foreknowledge i know you are going to be a believer and i group you under the category that you are going to live in the nation called israel so god made sure everything happened that way so there's no way you can say that um i would have liked to be uh, living in the time of moses because no god didn't plan you so he made sure that you are going to live in this generation he did, you could have not live in a time of Jesus Christ because he didn't plan you so. Everything is meticulous. There's nothing. God's plan is perfect. I remember we said it that the decree of God is perfect. Everything is on point. So whenever we reveal your own to you by true prophecy or true inner witness, you have to be able to understand and receive it and run with it because everything is according to his purpose. Even the number of years the Israel were going to be in captivity, everything was decreed by God. So when he told Abraham that he knew that that time will come, it will happen exactly as he said. When he decreed the time of captivity of Israel as a nation to Jeremiah, when he spoke that one, they wrote it down and the people were going to captivity, they took the book. So when Daniel also saw the time was up, he began to pray because it was the exact moment that he had to fulfill. So he began to pray and God began to send an angel to bring him an information. That is what we saw, the, 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 the fight between the prince of Persia and other stuff. So we have the historical plan of God. Now the next plan of God that is in the decree, content of the divine decree is what I said, the civilization plan of God. The civilization plan of God. So we have done with creation plan of God. We have done with the salvation plan of God for humanity. We have also done with the historical plan of God. Now we are moving to the civilization plan of God. Now, this is God dividing the human 
dividing human history into civilizations, with each period having their own climate, mortality rate, etc. So God has also divided history into civilization that you are going to live under this civilization. So he decided nothing is a mistake. So let's move straight to the doctrine of the civilization. Just some few minutes, we just end that one. Civilizations. Number one. Pray for civilization. That is before the fall civilization. Pray for civilization. P-R-E then hyphen then fall. Pray for civilization. This civilization starts with Adam and Eve before the fall and ends with their ejection from the Garden of Eden. Now, let, let me, before we are continuing, let me give you some small work about civilization. Civilization, the general idea about civilization is this. Um, civilization, as I said, it has its own climate. It has its own mortality rate and everything. The idea is, um, it starts, every civilization starts with believers only. Every civilization starts with believers only or innocence. Every civilization starts with believers only or innocence. Then it ends with divine judgment or a global judgment every civilization starts with believers only and with innocence and ends with a global judgment so you see that adam before the fall they were in a state of innocence they could sin but they have not sinned yet so they were state of innocence but it ended with the judgment of their ejection from the garden of eden that's the first civilization. That time, we don't know the number of years that they live. We don't know the mortality rate. That's why I said they could have lived for thousands of years before the fall. So that's their civilization. Okay, that's the first civilization. Okay. Now, number two. Post-fall civilization. Or you can write the pre-flood civilization. That one would be better. Pre-flood. Before the flood civilization. Pre-flood civilization. So the second one starts with believers only. Remember I said yesterday that the Lord Jesus Christ preached the gospel to Adam and Eve in the garden. So they got saved before they were sent out of the garden. So for them to enter the new civilization, being born again is the prerequisite for you to enter. So they were got born again in the garden. Then they were cast out of Eden, the garden of Eden, but they were around Eden. So when they enter into time, the same day Adam and Eve got born again, the same day they fell, they got born again the same day. That was when God began to calculate their age. So when we say that when Adam was 130 years, he gave birth to somebody, it is talking about 130 years from the day he was born again. So to God, Adam's, the day he was born again was his actual date of birth. <laughs> so that's how God calculates time. He calculates the date of birth of it. So to you, um, for us, after the fall, because we have been born in sin, our date of our, our date of birth, physical date of birth, and being born again is different. 
That is why somebody can be 40 years and you can be calling the person that he is a spiritual baby because God sees the person's age based on the day he was born again and how he has grown. So he says you are a spiritual baby. So he call you my children, my little children, but they are, that's how it is. So God calculates your real date of birth. That's the day you are born. You are born again is your date of birth. So your physical date of birth is not anything here. Okay, so that is how it happened. So the the civilization, the second one starts with that. And it ends with the flood. You see, the global judgment now, the first one was Adam and Eve being ejected from the garden because they were the two people on 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 the um from the garden of Eden. But that, that of after the flood, they see they could live for they have their mortality rate. So the mortality rate is around thousand years. So no one Adam lived for nine hundred and twenty. Methuselah lived for nine hundred and and how how many years? Yes. So all of these people they live for a longer years because of their civilization that we're living in. They have their own weather. Remember that time there was no rainfall. So that was the other civilization. There's no rainfall in that civilization. But we say that it have never it have never rained on earth before. So that was something new. It was their civilization that was not like that. So they could live for so many years. So when people say that, uh, so do you believe, really believe that people live for 970 years? The Bible is, is wrong. They don't understand this doctrine. That's why I say that. Bible even say in the first Corinthians chapter 2 that the things of the spirit, the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit for their spiritual descent. To him, it is foolishness. Because those people who are not born again, those it is it's a foolishness to them. And it's it served them too. That's why the Bible says. So at times I just look at them and laugh. They don't know what the Bible is talking about. That is why I see somebody who comes up, he can memorize scripture, he's not a born again Christian. He says, well, I know the Bible even more than Christians. I begin to laugh. This thing, who, if not because of the Holy Spirit, through uh, upon us and giving us this revelation now, for me to explain this thing to you, you have been reading the Bible since, but you don't know that this is what it means. If not the Holy Spirit revealing this, you will not know. That is it. They are revealed to you because you have read the Bible over and over again. You know the number of years. It's like, uh, what is the meaning of this? I'm showing you today by the Spirit of God, as the Holy Spirit have taught me. I said, when I saw this, I was, I, I, I just cried. I said, no, the Bible has opened up. And that is why the man of God brought me here. He knew that God knew why he brought me here to come and explain these things to you. So now, that is how what happened. So it ends with a global judgment. That was the, the flood of Noah. You see, so that's what happened. Now, after the flood, you know what? The next one is post-flood. Post-flood. That's after the flood. Post-flood. So the third civilization is post-flood. Remember, I said that it starts with believers only or innocence and ends with judgment. So the starting of the pre-flood started with Adam and Eve as born-again believers. And they entered into that civilization. Then they gave birth. And they begin to have their great, great, great grandchildren, and they feel the whole earth. And we knew that it ended with the global uh, judgment of the flood. Okay, so that is what happened. Now, post-flood civilization, it started with eight believers. That's Noah, his wife, his three children, and their wife. So it's eight people. God used to start the post-flood civilization. That is why it's only the eight people who God saved to start the next civilization. So whatever you see as a global pandemic, whatever, at times it is something like a global judgment, but on this high level, we have that of the flood. It is God's house cleaning exercise 
when there's over concentration of sin on earth god have to clear some people out of the earth and let the pure breed begin to also grow again so it is not anything that is just uh anything because if you read the book of genesis chapter 6 verse 1 to 4 it says that they were living on this earth the anakim the the the, the Raphim, that's the those hybrid hybrid the angels who came to sleep with the daughters of men and gave birth to hybrid and giants yes he said there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that so you see in those days means before the flood and after that is also the so the the the, the nephilims they live before the flood and god cleared them because they were the evil the cause on this it was too much he cleared all of them then used um, noah and his family to start a new breed of human being to have pure breed all because of his eternal purpose there must be a, a, a correct breed the lord jesus christ should have a, a correct human body not a, 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 a this a hybrid of angels and human body that is why so the, those demons or those fallen angels wanted to infiltrate the human race so that they will, they will curtail the plan of god jesus christ coming to be, become human because if they do that and they succeeded god's plan will not be able to be fulfilled that is what that that place means so after the flight they did the same thing or when human beings they also came back and did the same thing they have hybrids that's why we have the king of bashan who was also a hybrid we have that of uh, goliath his descendant his, his ancestors were from that sort of people those giants they are no more living again go have exterminated all of them we said there was org there was one called Og. he was also king of one of the the, 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 the gentile nations although because they entered into demonism to a point that they begin to have that we knew of nimrod that nimrod was also one of them nimrod kush was also one of them the mighty hunter before the lord that's that that, that nimrod too was somewhat like that yes that's why he was telling the whole world to worship uh, to build a long tower to worship the idols so that the demons can come the fallen angels will come upon on top of the the tower of babel and they can worship that they can have fellowship with the angels inside the sky so that's the kind of evil that was happening so god's judgment that comes was all a way of fulfilling his eternal purpose so when god divided us into languages and tribes it was supposed to prevent satan from having complete control and destroying humanity so whenever god there's a division in a nation it is god's plan let it be even israel as a nation he divided into northern and southern kingdom he wanted all of them to under one, but he divided it for his own purpose because the nation of David destroyed. That's the point. So they started with um, Noah and his uh, eight people, Noah and his family. Then it will not end. So remember, I said every civilization have its own mortality rate, its weather. So remember that before the flood, dinosaurs and all those animals were on this earth. But before, because of the flood, most of them died. That is why we can see them on Earth. The scientists will go and make excavations and see that, oh, they have lived, they were dinosaurs, but we don't have them now because God did not allow them to live in our civilization. They are no more here. So what he did uh, after the flood, Noah being the first person who was on the, the, the mature believer on Earth, and the other three sons who were also mature, he made a sacrifice. And God said, now, under this civilization, because before the, fl- the flood, nobody was eating animals but if you check the book of genesis chapter uh, um, 11 coming to, before the flood um, after the flood immediately after the flood god told noah that you can now also you have not given all the animal for you to eat as food that was when he allowed man to eat animals as food 
and he said that now from this moment to i'm making a covenant that i won't bring uh rain as a form of judgment for the whole earth again so i'm making a covenant with you that is why we call the rainbow that's that's the way so that covenant that we are still under now because of noah we are still under that covenant that sort of covenant he had with god for our civilization so this civilization god will not destroy it with rain you see the point you will not destroy it with rain that is what the bible means so he said that now because of this civilization we are living as the earth remains because the earth is continuous the earth will be destroyed at the end of the of the millennium so at the earth remains there will be seed time harvest winter and summer that means there are going to be normal weather seasons because before the flood there was nothing like uh, winter and summer they were having a very good atmosphere very very good on earth but after the flood god said they are going to be a change in their weather patterns they are going to be seed time they're going to be uh, summer so all this uh, whether we have the snow period everything was after the flood so we have this civilization and if you can see that as the civilization is going on you could see that the mortality also changes so you can see that noah lived for almost uh after even he came from the the, the ark he was around um 600 years old or so when he was 600 years old when he was entered the, the ark you can see so now it has changed to a point that we are having by the time you reach the time of abraham about 500 years and no let's say about thousand years in, after the flood you could see that the time of abraham the highest age was uh 160 or something like that 140 so the mortality rate was changing coming down now that after the point that david began to say that our mortality rate is now around 75 he says that uh, we are supposed to live for 70 so after 70 is bonus that is it, because of our civilization that is civilization we are living in so it started with believers it's going to end with a global judgment and the global judgment will come when it is going to be from noah to the tribulation that will be the end of this civilization so this civilization is going to end with global judgment remember that all the judgment is the lord jesus Christ who did it when adam and eve fell it was the lord jesus Christ who came to declare the global judgment in the garden it's when the time of the pre-flood was coming he also the one who brought the rain came and destroyed all humanity and the earth and left only noah and his family that's the lord jesus christ the same person will also be the one who end the civilization that's why we call the second advent he will come he said i'm not going to do it with rain again i'm not going to do it with fire that is why we call it the baptism of fire so if you see the baptism of fire in bible it's talking about the ending of this civilization with the second coming of christ that is the coup d'etat that he was going to have to remove satan from the throne of the the, the the king of this earth put him in prison for a thousand years and he will now usher in the civilization that he himself is going to rule the whole earth so the next civilization will now be what we call the millennium the millennium is the last civilization of human history the millennium so the millennium is now going to be the kingdom of what we call the kingdom of god or the kingdom of heaven that's the millennium and i remember that i said i start with innocence and believers so when there are children who have not reached the age of accountability and they are alive they will enter into the next civilization yes it is the next civilization so the this civilization will end at the tribulation then the lord jesus christ even told them when he was on this earth that you allow these children to come unto me for these children to them belong the kingdom of what 
of heaven because they are those who are going to enter the millennium so if your children are coming to me they have not reached the age of accountability so leave them these are the people that it is for them because they are going to they are going to be the one who enter the free they're going to have free paths to enter into the kingdom of heaven the millennium so when the lord jesus Christ returns and their children on this earth all of them are going to enter the millennium yes but jesus said suffer the little children for when for come unto me for such is the kingdom of heaven that is the millennium that was that's what Jesus Christ was trying to tell them children who have not each reached the age of accountability they are in innocence so they are they have not read God consciousness yet so they, these people we said that they are even their angels are before the father every day and night so these people they are when they die in that state they are going to heaven straight uh, but if they read God consciousness then they have to believe the gospel before they get saved uh-huh, that's the point they are in innocence so they enter into the next civilization and the believers who are on earth which include the 144,000 jews who are on earth plus those people who believe the gospel in the gentiles who also help to keep the jews from extinction because the antichrist will try to exterminate all jews because the plan of god is that christ will rule over israel in the millennium so if there's no israel the millennium will not happen so Satan's way of trying to prevent Jesus Christ to be, enter the millennium or the kingdom of heaven to come is to prevent the Israelites from living. So he wanted to exterminate the Israelites. So we see any religion that goes against Jews to exterminate them, anti-Semitism is Satan's idea. He wants to exterminate all Jews. But how did God do? God wants to pre- preserve the Jews. He, he saved them through the nations so that they will not be preserved. That's why he did with the time of Jacob. He have to he knew that there was famine coming he have to send them to egypt a gentile nation to hold them then also when they came out we have to also when they they send again he sent them to captivity but they will be preserved in the nation he sent them to babylon for their preservation yes now that they have also been scattered since AD 70 they have been scattered all over the the four corners of he- heaven that's the earth they using the compass we call the four corners of heaven so they are also this um they are also separate they are also be um dispatched to all nations so they are everywhere they use are so many places some of them are in north africa some of them are in russia some of them are in asia some of them are in europe uh western europe some of them in america so yes because they have been spread over the nation so the present israel you see is not the israel of god there's an apostate nation that's why i ask people tell people that if you are going to israel now the real is <laughs> okay i won't go into that detail but the point is that they are still under god judgment since AD 70. yes because they are going to be so till after the rapture that god will call them back again into the promised land so that's just basically what the civilization is all about so we have seen all the civilization the pre-fall the pre-flood the post-flood which includes our own and the millennium and the millennium will not end with global judgment too we call it the uh, the gog and magog revolution when satan is released from uh, his thousand year imprisonment he will come and deceive those people who have not yet believed because the children who enter in innocence when they grow some of them will give birth some of them will believe some of them will believe just like us and some of them those who will not believe they'll be under like a dictatorial rule uh, yes um they'll be under the dictatorship of jesus christ for a thousand years so after that they'll say that ha huh, satan will come and deceive them and say ha huh, he's coming he want to come and uh he want to come and stay the cool let's follow satan when we don't like jesus 
you don't like him to be the ruler of the whole earth. Then because of that, the Bible says that fire will come from the presence of the Lord, come and destroy them. That is will be the end of this earth. That is what the Bible means. So you can see that everything is on point. The Bible, everything is just written like that. So that is it. So that's the civilization plan of God. Now, we are moving to the next one. Is the spiritual growth plan of God. The spiritual growth plan of God. The next one is spiritual growth plan of God. Okay. So we have done with creation plan of God, historical plan of God, civilization plan of God, and we have the spiritual growth plan of God. Now, spiritual growth plan of God is a plan of God that is given to only believers. The spiritual growth plan of God is a plan of God that is given to only believers. So believers, after they are born again, the next plan that they are supposed to enter is the spiritual growth plan of God. This is the reason why you must walk in the word of God and grow. Because it is what you have after salvation. For the salvation, when you believe, you are saved forever. The next thing is to ascribe, sign up to the spiritual growth plan of God. Now, the spiritual growth plan of God is kept under what you call dispensations. So there's a difference between a civilization and, there's a, diff- and a dispensation. The spiritual growth plan of God is kept under civilization. Now you can see something that is so, um, which is consistent in whatever I said, that every civilization starts with believers. So being born again is some, not anything unique to us. Adam has to be born again to enter into the next civilization. But after that, he has to grow, spiritual growth. Yes. Now, the spiritual growth plan of God. Now, in the Bible, when you see the word faith, we have three meanings of faith. When it is in the verb form, the Greek word is pistis. Pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. Pistis. Now, when you see it in a verb form, it means the act of belief. So the verb form is pistios. P-I-S-T-U-S. Pistios. That is the verb form so when we say believe have, have faith in somebody that's the act of believing it's called pistios but we have the noun form in the greek in the noun form it is what we call pistis now we are going to do some little greek here because that is what the Bible is so accurate and the language they wrote is so it's a strict, you have strict rules to show the meanings. Now in the Greek, subject, whatever is the subject, we call it the nominative case, nominative. And when is the object, we call it the accusative case. But there's another case we call the genitive case. It describes something. Genitive of description. Yes. So Accusative case is the object. Nominative case is the subject. Okay. So, when it is in the genitive case or the accusative case, it means the object believed or the something that is believed. Now, 
when you say prestige means something which is faithful or something you can rely on it is a greek word that was used in the first century during the time of paul and the apostles it was used that when somebody has a contract with somebody somebody maybe they want to sell something or something about their land what they do is that they write the document as we have now they said this is a reliable document this is what we have put our contract in and with that this one based on this what we are going to do is that uh, we are going to rely on it so they call it a testament so a testament is a document concerning a contract we call it a testament that's what we call a testament so it's a contract the documents of a contract means a testament okay that's a, to to testify about what we have agreed we call it a testament so the contract is called pistis now after that the greeks most of them were they were idol worshippers so what they did was that they have temples of their gods so they send the document the copy of the document and the, the temples that they built at that time had uh, banks in them and they have place that they can keep records so those times if you want records about the nation you go to the temple the same idea is what god did with israel he gave them a temple and said that they should bring their tithe they have what they call treasury so that's like a bank for the nation they go and put their monies there called the treasury of the temple it's like a bank and um the the priest there will be the one who will be the record keeper he's like a bank a bank manager there yes because he's the priest of the god that god cannot be seen but he's the one who is representing that god the idea was that if somebody want to alter a contract the gods are sent are brought to be witnesses to it so if you it's your own problem if you go and change the contract the gods will take care of it they will kill you so they say that this contract is faithful it's a faithful contract which means it is something that cannot change so we are going to put in the temple the gods we have brought them as witnesses to the contract now we are putting the temple watch over this if the person does not fulfill this you can fulfill whatever he said it is in it he said that if he doesn't do it maybe he should take my children or whatever it is now binding to them so this is how those times they were setting contracts the reason why i'm saying this for you to understand what we mean old covenant new covenant all written is about contract okay it's the spiritual growth contract now this spiritual growth contract it has been there since adam so the the contract is called pistis or faith in the noun form so with this one open the book of hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 2 and 2. hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. okay he said that wherefore see also we are compassed by grace cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and sin which so said before us verse 2 looking unto jesus now look at this scripture i'm explaining what this scripture actually means in the bible looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith full stop which he is the jesus christ the contract that we are under now the spiritual growth contract we are under in this dispensation the one who uttered it who started it, who wrote that contract down is jesus christ and he's the one who was also able to fulfill that contract by going through the details of the contract himself so he said that jesus christ is the author and finisher of our feet our contract the contract we have 
we in this dispensation, the contract we are under, the spiritual growth contract we are under now, is called uh, this. Jesus Christ is the author. So, the first contract I, I will say, I will say that is the pre-law contract. The pre-law contract that's from Adam to Moses. The pre-law contract. So it's about every believer having given a contract. So when you grow to a certain level, the contract will end. So the pre-law contract. So the spiritual law contract, the spiritual roof contract was done based on God's foreknowledge. Okay, the pre-law contract. So for, based on God's foreknowledge, he saw all believers. I said that believers are related to the foreknowledge of God. So he knew them and he said, okay, I'm selecting them. You, this group, you are going to be under this group that they will come to this. They are going to be under this contract. So he chose those Adam and Eve and everybody who will live till Moses. He chose all of them under one contract. So you are going to be under this spiritual growth contract, pray law. You are going to live in this civilization and this dispensation. Then we have what we call the law. The dispensation of the law. That's why we mean by the dispensation of the law in the Bible. Yes. It is the dispensation of the law of the contract of growth. That one is also called dispensation. So the second one is the, the law. The law. That's another spiritual growth contract. The third one is the royal contract. The royal contract is what Jesus Christ fulfilled. And he is the author of that one. So we are under the royal contract. The royal contract is also called grace and truth. The royal contract is called grace and truth. So when the book of John says that the law came by Moses, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, it means that these two individuals started those contracts. It is from them that the contract came into being. So the law as a spiritual goose contract came through Moses. And the grace and truth or the royal contract came through Jesus Christ. So Hebrews 12 verse 2 says that, look unto Jesus because we are now seeing him. He is the one who has fulfilled that contract before. He is the first person, the product of that contract. He was able to pass through the dictates of that contract of royalty. The, 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 the blessing for that contract is that if you are able to fulfill it, you are going to receive a crown to rule. So Jesus Christ is his own. He has passed through that contract and has received his crown. So he said, now, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our contract, this royal contract, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he said that at the right hand of God. That is when he got the, the crown. So now he said that now because we are under this contract, let's look unto Jesus too. He is the one. He didn't say look unto Christ. He said look unto Jesus. Because he fulfilled it as Jesus in humanity. After that he became the Christ. After his resurrection. So you are going to pass through the same thing as him. So we are under the contract that Jesus Christ set. We call it grace and truth. So we are going to just look at Jesus. That is why he has to give us the, the testament, the dictates of that contract. That's why we have what we call New Testament. The epistles, whatever he gave the apostle to write concerning us, the spiritual groove, we call it the testament. So whatever you see in the New Testament, it is the dictates of the contract you are under. It's a spiritual groove contract. Yes. That is why Hebrews 11 gives you a, a, a rundown of all the people who live in their dispensation under their growth contract. Those who were able to fulfill the growth contract in their dispensation, the best among the best, those who mature, really mature through their growth contract, he begins to give a rundown. And he said that Hebrews 11, he said, by faith, 
you understand this and this and that he began to mention them he started from abel the first one who grew that spiritual growth contract was abel he went to the next one he talked about uh um, noah he talked about enoch they are the people they live in the civilization before the flood but under the dispensation of pre-law contract it was spiritual growth so their spiritual growth was what we normally see in the bible now i want to give you this this revelation for you to see it now when we read the bible from genesis chapter 5 when you say that this is the genealogy of adam whenever you see those things it's talking about a hall of fame so he just passed by all those who never really grew in their generation. He just passed by those who are the notable people. He began to say, these are the people who have the whole of faith. He began to link them. Now, remember I said, the decree of God, he knew everybody. So because of every plan he and purpose he have in time, to bring it to pass, he bring every eternal purpose through the spiritual growth contract. He brings his eternal purpose through the spiritual growth contract. Number two, the individuals or the corporate entity who fulfill the contract, he attaches his name to them. The spiritual growth contract, the individuals or the corporate entity who fulfills them, he attaches his name to them. Number three, their supermaturation or we can say that their spiritual maturity to the highest level is the bar that will allow God to confirm their blessings to them. Their supermaturation or their maturation to the highest level is what will let God confirm His blessings to them. Now, let's open to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. I'm now going to now let you understand that scripture very well. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Okay. According as he has chosen us. Now wait. Remember I said it is about the foreknowledge of God. So under the spiritual growth contract, we have what we call predestination and election. Under the spiritual growth contract, we have predestination election because he sees the person by his foreknowledge and predestined the person to live in a civilization, to live in a nation. Then he put the person under that spiritual growth contract. So now, so say, Blessed be the God and Father of our according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. So he has chosen us in him, that's in Christ, before the foundation of the world. So God chose us. To live in this dispensation under the contract that Christ will set, the royal contract. That is why John said that, what manner of love have God set of honor we should be constants of God. So this contract that we are in, under, everybody under this contract is called the son of God. But everyone who was a believer is called children of God. <laughs> the children of God means believers. But sons of God means those who are under this contract. So you can see the Bible, Old Testament, nobody was called a son of God. Either the person is a friend of God, or a servant of God, or a prince of God. But no one was called a son of God. Because the Lord Jesus Christ fulfilled it to the, the highest level called sonship. Then he now said that I fulfill this contract. Everybody under me is going to bear, he's going to share in my sonship. 
have fulfilled the royal contract. So all of you take. So when you are in Christ, you are called a son of God. So individuals, individuals who fulfill them, whatever level they reach, those who are linked to them by identification will also share the name they have by fulfilling their contracts. Individuals who fulfill them will share in their benefits of their contract by identification. That's why we call positional truth. This is what we call positional truth. So we can see that when Abraham, God called him, Abraham was born again in the land of Ur. That's what Moses said in Genesis chapter 16, verse 6. He said, 15, verse 6, he said that, and Abraham had believed in the Lord and was accounted for righteousness. So Abraham was born again because I said that the gospel had been preached from the gospel of Eden after the fall. They preached the gospel, all the nations were preaching the gospel. He had believed already when he was in the land of Ur. God said, now, I want to bring a certain eternal purpose. There are, okay, let me explain this one. There are three, three um, elections, specific elections in the Bible. Three specific elections in the Bible. Then I will explain this one. Three elections in the Bible. One, the elected person. The elected person is Jesus Christ. So he has been elected to be a savior and the heir of all things. And you can see that scripture in. Okay. It has been the one who has been chosen to be the savior of all earth. So when we read the old, by old, the old Testament, the scriptures there, they say that uh, my, my, the elect, my son, my, my special servant will do this, will do that. That's why Jesus Christ, he's the elect person. Jesus Christ to be the savior of the world and also to be the heir of all things. We read the book of Hebrews chapter um, 1. It says that he has been appointed to be the heir of all things. That is by election. God chose him to be the heir of all things. That's elected person. Therefore, anybody who is linked to Jesus Christ by salvation, believing in him, he also shares in the election of Jesus Christ. That is why all believers in the Bible are called the elect. All believers in the Bible are called the elect. Jesus Christ said that, ah, there was a woman who did this and that. He went to a lawyer. He was talking about prayer. He said, ah, how much more? The father will not also avenge his own elect. That's believers. Those who are believing, God will avenge you because you have shared in the, 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 the salvation that is in Jesus Christ. So you are elect. So you, you are elect of God. Ha, ha, ha. You are elect of God in terms of salvation. You share in his election. So you see, everything about your life has been, has been planned by the divine decree. The invisible realm, the unseen realm there. He did everything about you to the latter. Oh my God. So you are the elect of God. So when God wants to fulfill another agenda, next one, he has to give you the dictates of the contract. Then he, when you are ready to fulfill it by growing, growing grace in the word, then you fulfill it. So you can see that the Bible talks about Adam being 130 years, then he gave birth to Seth. The point is, God knew all those who are elect, those who are going to be believers. So he categorized all of them under the elect. Although they have not been born, no, he knows them. So when you want to let them appear in time, he look at the purpose, the greater purpose of the person, and search through the humanity and say, okay, if this person is able to grow very well, 
then he will now let it become your historical impact the blessing god has given you they are in five categories we have the spiritual blessing the second one is the physical blessing the material one he'll give you the third one is historical impact you're going to have transgenerational blessings that's why we're talking about historical impact the other one is occupational blessing your work whatever area of if you have grown grew in christ you are going to have an impact in it whether you are a scientist so you are listening to me if i in a a, a a scientist what can give you an invention for you to do that's why most of the invention we have in this current time after around the 16th century it was done by john newton and those people who were believers mature believers even the carcross was uh propounded by him god gave you that sort of insight to have that transgenerational blessing the occupational blessing his name is mentioned everywhere god every invention great inventions are done by christians we know of a scientist called uh Grutius or something like that he was an italian those times the people were christians mature you knew bible you read so most of the scientists we knew most of them were believers that is why i tell you that you, you, you i don't have the the faith to become an atheist he said, person, if you want to be a great scientist, you have to be a believer. Because God will let you have insight to, into so many research works. Because we are going to investigate into creation. God will give you insight. So wherever you are, if you are a manager, you are into maybe administration, God will give you that impact. You see, God did that one for Joseph. He was he gave you insight to become a very good administrator. And he had that sort of, uh, he was able to administer a country through seven years of famine. Nobody had done it on this earth. When they say depression comes, economics in the whole world will come together, but they can't even see it. But this guy, by spiritual insight, God gave me a revelation that seven years is going to do this. He gave me the wisdom. He was able to prepare to have that thing. So you, whatever plan, whatever part of the world you are, whatever thing you are, any occupation, so far as it's God's plan for your life, when you grow, you, you mature in the word, you grow in spirit, you grow in the spiritual growth contract, you are going to have that historical impact. You're going to have the occupational blessing. Your name is going to be everywhere. The same thing to those who are in ministry. So anybody you see who wrote scripture in the Bible was his historical impact and his occupational blessing was God giving him insight to write scripture. That is why I said that Isaiah is one of the most mature believers who understand doctrine because in the area of doctrine, nobody comes close. It's Isaiah before Jeremiah and before even Moses. Abraham is also part of the people who really matured. Yes. We can also talk about Jonah. So if you see Jonah writing only one book, he was one of the mature believers in his generation. God gave him the, the privilege to write scripture. The same as Jesus Christ. The same as um, uh, Paul the Apostle. All the letters he was writing. It was his occupational blessing in the area of doctrine, the whole of the word of God in ever history. Paul is the greatest. Before you come with Jeremiah and Isaiah and Moses and Co. Because this guy knew so many spheres of doctrine. Um, my personal testimony is when I reached that spiritual maturity level, uh, that was last year by the grace of God, that was when all these things began to open out to me. God gave, I said, this came like downloads. In fact, I struggled for about one week before I was able to contain some of them. And I wrote most of them down. I'm not trying to even synchronize them. So this area of doctrine I'm teaching you is a product of my spiritual growth contract. I fulfilled part of it. And I've grew, then I begin to understand. That is why the insight is not something we have heard everywhere before. It's not about reading so many books. What can give you insight to something somebody I've not written? Because it is based on your spiritual growth. So you you can also have some in your area. So leave this the atheists and the unbelievers. Let them worry themselves. So in your marriage, 
God can let you have one of the greatest marriage in your area. It will become a fulfillment of that, that contract. You are, that's a blessing that accrued to you. That's the time, the one in time before you go to heaven and receive the crowns and all the decorations and all those things in heaven. So your blessing in this time is based on your spiritual growth contract. So spiritual growth contract is the most important thing. That is why it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heaven places. If he according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the earth, that we should be holy before him. Because the holiness is the spiritual growth contract. When you grow in it, you are becoming holy. So sanctification is the need, the basis for your blessings in time. So we are not just growing, we are not just becoming uh, righteous or we are not growing in sanctification so that we go to heaven. No, 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 no. When you just believe the gospel, the salvation contract guarantees you heaven. But the spiritual growth contract guarantees your blessing on in time. So you have to grow in the way. That's why we have to be consistent on this platform. The man of God tells you it's consistency. He was repeating it consistency, consistency, consistency. Because you have to be consistent. If you are consistent in the word, even the writer of Hebrews said that let us persevere. Also, if you continue in well doing, the well doing is talking about um, consistent in the word. That's well doing. The good works is well doing the word, consistent, living the word consistently. If you are consistent in well doing, you persevere in it and fail not. You shall receive what? The promise. Which promise? The promises of the blessings that were accrued to you through the spiritual growth contract. That's what it means. Paul said the same thing to the elders in Ephesus. He was calling the pastors that you people, you have to grow first before you can even teach the believers. They are babies. But you have to grow more than them. So he said that, well, I commend you unto God and to the word of his grace. That's the grace of word. That's the word of God. The grace word that is in the Bible every part of it where you have to apply certain things the tactics everything the grace contract i commend you to god and to the word of his grace he said what is able to what to build you up building you up is maturity is spiritual growth that's what it should do to you then it will give you what that's the bible said that which will be able to build you up and give you the inheritance among them who are sanctified the inheritance is talking about the inheritance that god have given to you in christ he gave it to him in Christ. He gave that one. He wrote every blessing down in eternity past. But he want to he want to pour them into you now on this earth. And part of them that he wants to give you in heaven. You go and receive it. So don't deceive yourself that, oh me, maybe cry me, I want to only the blessing in heaven. So we don't want anything on this earth. We don't want anything on this earth. Okay, we just go to heaven, we receive crown. Let me tell you, if you don't grow on this earth, you will never receive crown in heaven. Go and check, go figure. It will never be possible. The eternal dimension of what you are receiving on this earth is what they call the crowns. So you look at all those people who are in the Bible, mature believers. They were all people who were rich, who were blessed by God in time. So don't deceive yourself. So poverty is not a sign of spirituality. In fact, when you grow, you can never do anything bad to be rich. Hmm. You can never do anything. You can't even go against. So riches, don't have to even pray about riches. You only to grow and go pour it because the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who is the escrow officer. Escrow means somebody wills a very big wealth and gives somebody. Okay, you keep it. This person, when he grows, you give it to him. So God has written it to Jesus Christ. That's why he said, He has blessed us with all spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's where it is kept. Uh -huh. So Jesus Christ is the one keeping it in heaven. He said, I'm waiting for you. If you grow, then God will now pour what is for time. So all blessing you have in this life, it is through your spiritual growth. 
So don't deceive yourself. Me, I don't want anything. Let me tell you. You should, you do you have to grow to get your blessings. Otherwise, you will only be blessed by association. Just associate with somebody, you know, not only blessing, you get some. The person bless you, you just get a Bluetooth of it. That one is just a small portion. Your own is there in heaven. And if you don't grow here and you go to heaven, your blessing will be looking into your face like that. A big room, your blessing is there. God will tell you, you never grew on earth. You never took it serious. You were never consistent in the word. You never, you were not praying. You were not learning. You were not growing in the word. And all these things are here. It's going to be a testimony in heaven about how you live your life on earth. Everybody going to see. This guy, he didn't... You are going to be one of the losers in heaven forever. You are also going to abdicate your crown. You are not going to receive it. That is what Paul said in Galatians chapter 5 verse 21. That those who work in lions, fornications, and all those stuff, you are not going to inherit the kingdom. That's what it means. You are not going to inherit your blessings. You are not going to inherit it. You won't get it. You won't get crown. You are going to be a loser believer forever. If you walk in this, you are not going to inherit the kingdom. So the inheritance we see in the Bible is all about your blessings in time and eternity. You see, you see, yes, it said that such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. If you read the book of Colossians 2, it says the same thing. First Corinthians says now, it says the same thing. So the reason why you might be holy, so that you can be able to be blessed by God and receive the blessings for on this earth. You have to get it for four package here. So you, you, you don't take your spiritual life serious. You have to be serious with your spiritual life. You have to be consistent in prayer. You have to be consistent in the word. Every day, steady. That's why we are here to help you. In fact, I think I have to uh, wrap up for this one. God willing, tomorrow we are going to deal with the benefits of the, uh, of the divine decrees. So these contracts are there. So every spiritual growth contract has a target. What God gave to Abraham was that. Uh, because he wants to bring uh, in an elect nation, which is Israel, and we have the elect uh, household, which is the church. So when he wants to bring the elect nation, he said that, okay, I have a contract for you. Uh, I want to bring a nation on this, but to fulfill that contract to you, you have to grow. So the Bible said that God came to Abraham and passed before him and said that, walk before me and be perfect. That means walk before me and be spiritually mature. Perfection is spiritual mature, maturity. So when Abraham, it took him so many years, until the age of 99 that he was able to reach that spiritual maturity level and god appeared to him and said that now that you have reached that level i'm confirming it with the birth of one of the elect sons which is called isaac so he gave him circumcision as a sign of a spiritual growth not as a sign of a salvation i repeat circumcision is not a sign of spiritual growth it's a sign of uh, it's not a sign of salvation it's a sign of spiritual growth that's why the jews didn't understand so paul said that you people you don't know abraham he was saved though in the land of food before he was even circumcised. Circumcision was maturity. You too, you have to also grow. You have to also believe in the Lord before. You can even say that you have been circumcised. Otherwise, your circumcision is uncircumcision. That's all the point of the book of Galatians. So Abraham got his own. So God will come to him and say, and God said, and I will fulfill my covenant with Abraham. Which covenant? The covenant of he being the person through whom the Jews will be brought to this earth. So Abraham became the first Jew at the age of 99. That's why he became a Jew. And Isaac who too was also circumcised. That's the point of the scripture. So every elect person who have a great person. So Bible said in the book of Psalms that the righteous shall have this. You see, it said that the righteous he shall have his seed mighty upon it. God knows the great people who are supposed to come on this earth. He knows them. He has foreknown all of them. So because of that, God said that the righteous, if you grow, you mature. Your seed is going to be great on earth. He's going to decide them. 
So God will not look at you, you young lady. You God said that walk in holiness, he just look at you as okay. She's walking in holiness, she's doing everything I want. Let me bring, I want to bring a great man like a prophet on this earth. Let me pass through this womb. So all these things, Bible says that children are the heritage of the Lord. The heritage, that's what it means, the heritage. Talking about the elect, the great people, that the heritage of the Lord. So you decide the one who come through you. If you look at all those people, those people like Hannah, God gave her a prophet because she has also matured in, in faith. She grew. That's why her name was mentioned in the book of Hebrews because it was a role, uh, 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 the role call of supermature believers in their dispensation, their generations. See all of them. Every one has something that marks his faith level. Abraham was when he was able to even was ready to uh, kill his son. Just a sign of future. All those things are there. I'll go to details more tomorrow, God willing. Then we enter into the benefits. You understand the Bible better. Now, when you are talking about you growing, you know that it's not start play. Your destiny, great. That's what the man of God will tell you at times. He will tell you that great. Uh, he said that generation yet unborn are attached to you. That's where the doctrine comes from. God will make sure they pass through you because your growth is what determine whether God will give them to you or not. God wants to bring a great person on this earth. He won't give it to you who are not serious. You cannot even teach your children a Bible. You cannot, you cannot even see your prayer life. We won't go to give you those people. He won't give it to you. So now, I want us to um, end here so that the man of God will continue. But you have to just ponder on this one the whole day. Tomorrow, God will end. It's going to be full package. We are going to end the series. I think you have exhausted it very well. And you have, your eyes have opened. Now when you are praying, you know that you have to pray very well. When you have to stay, you have to study very well. Everything is at stake. It's part of it. The spiritual growth contract, prayer is part of it. You have to pray. You say that men ought to pray and not faint. You have to pray. You have to engage the spiritual things. These are the contract duties, the taxes, the testaments. They are all in the contract. You have to pray. It's part of the contract. You have to be holy. It's part of the contract. You have to believe in God. It's part of the contract. So I will just end here. God bless you, man of God, for this opportunity again. And I think you take it from here. And um, God willing, tomorrow, we also continue from here. God bless you for your time and your audience. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Powerful. God bless you so much, um, Apostle, for, for such exposition. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so, it's so wonderful and it's so... It's, it's so wonderful. I pray that God will help us. I pray that see that's why you need to you need to you need to stay connected. You need to allow God to do whatever thing He wants to do in your life. Within the next one minute, I want you to just engage the Spirit. Just allow the Holy Spirit to flood your heart and you know. As we keep on saying and we keep on doing, everything big, all this thing he's talking about, you can't be part of it if you have not accepted Christ. Yeah, he's the he's the he's the he's the beginner, he's the author, he's the source, he's the perfecter, he's the one that have all in encompassing the fullness of this life. Growth, as he's talking about, growth is a, a feature of life. Growth is a characteristic of life. Growth is a property of life. Anything that is living grows. 
So we cannot talk about growth, we cannot talk about maturity, we cannot talk about engagement, we cannot talk about inheritance. All these things that you are talking about are things that are seen in life. So dead people do not mature. If you are dead, you cannot mature. If you are dead, you can't grow. If you are dead, there's no inheritance. If you are dead, you know, we can't think of any benefit. If you are, it doesn't work like that. So it is something that is anchored on life. Somebody say life. So, and the Bible said in the book of Ephesians, First John chapter five. Philip, get me that scripture. The Bible said that for this record, God Himself has given concerning His Son, that whoever has the Son has life. <clears throat> whoever has the Son has life. Who has knows the son? The person is not having life. So, if you don't have the son, <clears throat> hey, what is happening? <laughs> I will still say what I will say. <laughs> I will still say it. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Okay. I think it's, it's better now. So the Bible said that whoever has the son has life. Whoever has not the son has not life. So if you are not having Jesus, you are dead. <laughs> you don't have life. And if there is no life, you cannot engage this thing that we are talking about. You cannot be part of this thing that we are talking about. Whatever you are wanting to, you are saying that man of God, I want to be part of this race. I want to be part of, yeah, yeah. Start from the verse 11 for me, from the verse 11. He said, I want, I want you to, he said, man of God, I want to be part of this thing. God has selected you. God has you in mind. It's not like God has really selected people to be believers. No. God has it in your mind. God has, though God knows, however, He has not selected maybe Kofi will be a believer. Kwame will not be a believer. No. Every man has an equal chance. We must exercise your will. As the man of God said, in fulfillment, there must be an exercise of your will. We must exercise your free will to what God is doing, hallelujah. That, and this is the record that God has given to us eternal life. So he has given us this life and this life is in his son. First John chapter five, verse 11. This life is in his son. This is the record of God himself. This is the record of God himself. You see, you believe in another record. This is God, his own record. Like God standing in the witness box talking. talking. That if you don't, and this life of God that we are talking about is in His Son. Whether you are okay, whether you are not okay, it's not about whether there's this is an exclusive statement. We don't need your, it's not about whether you agree to it or not. This is what God has said. This life is in His Son, and that Son is Jesus Christ. Verse 2, the verse 12 He that has the Son has life. So, if the life is in the sun, if you have the sun, you have life. If you don't have the sun, you don't have life. Verse 13. 
Verse 13. Verse 13. Verse 13. Quickly. Quickly, so that we close. Thank you, Lord. This thing I have written unto you, that you believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So, you have to believe on the name of the Son of God. You see, he said, this is the reason why I have given you the name of the Son of God. And that name is Jesus. The Son is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And when you believe in that name, and when you believe in that person, you are saved. You receive life. You receive life. Then after that, we can talk about what you want to talk about. So maybe you are there. You are saying, man of God, I want to, I, I want to exercise this free will. I want to take advantage of this privilege and opportunity to be part of what God is doing, to fulfill this mandate upon my life, to make impact. I pray for you. Whatever you are just wanting to open your heart, just put your right hand on your chest. And I want you to say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have, you have chosen me in you. I thank you that you foresaw my life and planned my life. And you came to fulfill the part of you by dying and resurrecting on the cross. I thank you for what you have done. I believe in your work on the cross to save me and to bring me from captivity to the place of you, to make me an inheritance in your kingdom, so that I will have this life that God has promised to us. I believe in you, and I think I will receive you as my personal life, and also my savior, and also my Lord. Have your way, yet your life be full, even in Jesus' name. I receive the gift of the Spirit, which you promised, to them that believed on your name, even the Holy Spirit, our seal and our guarantee of salvation, even in the name of Jesus. Amen. If I pray this prayer, God bless you so much for what you have done. Be assured that you are full of life. You have the life of God. Hallelujah. You have the eternal life of God. But make sure you grow. It's not just about Receiving Christ is about growth. The doorway to all these things is salvation. Salvation is just the door. But when you enter the door, you must grow. And that's why some of these activities are there. So if you get the chance to hear this message, you can just place a comment there with your details and we can pick it and also assist you whatever way we are supposed to assist you and i know god will do so many things for you god bless you all for coming around our time is far spent um, forgive us for the time um, god willing this afternoon we'll be having our lunch time and this evening we will engage the spirit yeah we will engage the spirit somebody ready to engage the spirit yeah we are going to engage the spirit and and all those who are writing exams there are some of you who are writing exams but you don't miss meetings it's so serious though. <laughs> right after the meeting somebody's going to write exams this morning <laughs> eight o'clock yeah it, it shows how yeah it's serious though. 
I, I was so, so surprised, you know. I was so, so surprised. Somebody is right. Somebody is writing exams. The person came yesterday. The person, the person woke. The person has not. That's dedicated. Serious, oh man of God, Charlie. Somebody is saying that because of exams I can't come. Yeah. They come and they they don't miss meetings. Oh, <laughs> the person who is writing the exams woke up early to call the person who is not writing exams that come for the meeting. <laughs> hey, Charlie, people are serious, oh. I pray that we will not joke, we will not joke. Tell somebody that, Charlie, stop joking. You have joked all these years. <laughs> After this time, they'll be serious. <laughs> it's time to put your life in order. Yeah, it's time to be serious about matters and become relevant. Yeah, our labor will not be in vain, sure. sure. So this, this evening, we are going to engage the Spirit of God. Um, as I said, a long time. This evening, don't make it, don't miss it. When you come, you just you, you, you know that you, you know what we do. Yeah, just going to drink fellowship with the Spirit of God. You know, allow the Holy Ghost to brood over our hearts. It's something that we do, and our daily reading also continue. Our daily Bible reading. Today we are reading Second Chronicles. Is it what chapter? Uh, Rebecca, what are we reading today? We are doing cover to cover. By, by, by 15th December, we'll be done with the Bible. Every year, we read the Bible cover to cover. Every year. <laughs> Every year. We started two years ago. And by the grace of God, it has been very wonderful. Charlie, we are serious. Though. It's time to be serious. We pray every time. Prayer, do those things and all that and all that. Yeah, so... Maybe you are there today, 2 Chronicles 14 to 18. Yeah. Yeah. So we are reading it. Make sure you read it. As I said, we have a WhatsApp page. Because you see, you must let your life be accountable, okay? Some of these things are things you can't do on your own. You 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 cannot grow on your own. You cannot grow in isolation. It doesn't happen like that. <laughs> you cannot grow in isolation. That's why God, even in the physical, you are born into a community. So that idea of me, I want to be alone, me, I don't want to engage. You are, you are even wasting your time. You need a community, a system, a system of people who have the same mindset. Funny, do, do you know that some of the things we teach here, you can never ever find it in any other places. Are you aware? Are you aware that some of the stuff that we talk about here, like you can never get it anywhere. Like other places, some, some of them you cannot get it anywhere. Why? Because in this atmosphere, we are like-minded. So if you have realized, all the people that come on board, it's like, it's as if we all went to the same place. It's like, it's as if we all went to the same school. We were taught by the same teacher. Uh -huh. it, it shows that God is working something out in this season. The way I minister, that's why the way I minister, the things I talk about, these are the things Apostle talks about. These are the things Joshua will talk about. These are the things when Danny came, he spoke about. It's like like-minded. The last Friday, walking with the Lord. <laughs> it's like almost that almost everything that the man of God spoke about was just summarizing that. So you realize that God is up to do, God is doing something in this season that we need to be consistent. That's it. You keep hearing it. You keep hearing it. 
you keep hearing it and me too i won't disappoint you i'm also going to create a lot of consistent programs so that at any point in time you are hearing it because if you hear and you take a break that's why you have to try your best as much as you can not to take a break if it's a data problem let somebody help you if it's we have a system we are trying to make this data thing very easy because i know it's costly some of us we are students some of us we are not working some of us we are not having that privilege of having the money to fend ourselves so this is a system that we are also creating to but make sure that you don't allow some of these things to pull you out because the day you miss the day you can hear other things that can affect your growth yeah you can hear you can hear that thing that can affect your growth you must keep on hearing it and engaging it continually continually very very important consistency is very very important when it comes to growth you keep on hearing it you keep on engaging it to a, a point where it will come to a point where you are one with it 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 and it's something i want you to i know at the beginning you may struggle but charlie make it a point let's encourage ourselves you hearing it and hearing it and hearing it to a point where you become because what you keep on hearing you become what you keep on seeing you become what you keep on engaging you become it's a truth in the universe and it's going to happen to you so i want you to stay connected i want you to stay connected very very well be very very consistent try not to miss any meeting don't think oh this meeting i want this meeting this meeting i, I, I don't this meeting i don't want this meeting if it's this meeting i'll come if it's not this meeting then this means you're not ready to grow don't be like those people who are just speculators people who are just running around <clears throat> from one place to another place from just looking for magics and all those things don't be like those people stay and learn grow mature get to a place you see track your own life track your own life after one week what what is it i told my daughter one day I, uh, this i was said let me tell you this year if you are celebrating a birthday you should have a significant effect to celebrate your birthday every birthday a time will come after after the during the 50 days next month you are going to start weekly analysis weekly examination you are going to do it the lord spoke to me this morning about it when we, in the book in the month of may that is the 50 days. You are going to do weekly analysis. You are going to sit down. But Paul said it, that examine yourself. He said, he that judges himself will not be judged. You see, you, you, so before somebody will come and tell you, oh, Charlie, nowadays, yeah, it's like you don't pray a lot. Oh, you know. You say, don't worry, I'm aware. And it will not even come to that point because you are tracking your life. You see, we are coming to a point where we take our life very serious. We take responsibilities. We check our growth. We, we are trustees we are god has entrusted things to us are, you don't have to allow things to just be done haphazardly like anyhow aimless no be somebody with an aim with a purpose be focused no no distraction no time there's no time anywhere there's no time anywhere there's no time everything you are doing anything you are doing at each day you put it to check how am i fulfilling it how am i Am I deviating from the path? Am I fulfilling something? And we are going to do it every week. Every week. Every week. We're going to have analysis. And some of these things, we do it in a system. That's why you need to, if you're not part of the, if you're not part of the WhatsApp group, you have to be part. And allow yourself to be checked. Don't stay out. Make yourself visible. We are many. There are a lot of people. There are a lot of people. Okay. And it, this one, that's the one of the disadvantages about this system. We are not like we are in a chapel where 
we can engage ourselves. You don't know, some of you don't even know where I am. I don't even know where you are. So we create a system where we can come on a common platform so that we can check our growth. I hope you are getting it, so that we can check ourselves. Oh, maybe you can see that, okay, um, Mr. Douglas, is, nowadays it appears things are not going on well. So we, we fix it. So we keep on growing. We keep on going together. When somebody is lacking behind, we support the person. This is how God has made it. It's a system. It's a system. It's a system. It works together. It works together. That's how it is. Anytime you pull out, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. That's some of, there are some people that when their spiritual, their spiritual life is going down, there's no one to help them. That's it. That's some of you. It's like you are isolated. When you are, when, when you are going down, when your prayer life is going down, it goes, it goes shame. I said, it's like lights out. Boom, it just goes off. Because there's no system of support for you. When your Bible study is going life, it's going down, there's no system. So some of you is like doom so you just wake up in the morning, one month, you go on holidays, you are on Bible leave, you not read about it. Just it just it just goes like that. It just goes like that. Because there's no system of checking, there's no system that is able to monitor and ensure. And that's how some of us we do some of these things. I'm telling you, I myself, we are all in it. Me, I've not gotten there yet. Apostle has not gotten there yet. No one has gotten there yet. We help ourselves. Sometimes we talk. You can ask if we, we engage ourselves, Charlie. We talk about some things. We read, we do here, we do it. We learn. We, we are all learning. There's something he knows I don't know. There's something I know he doesn't know. There's something somebody knows. So we come to that point where we share. That is the fellowship. That is where we are called into. So our time will come. So that the time that we will reach the highest stage, you can carry everything. And in this iron sharpness, yes, that's it. And in this platform too, all the ministries are in manifestation. It's not like this is a purely evangelistic ministry. No, it's not like this is a, a purely pastoral ministry. No, it's not like this is a, a purely uh, a, a demon. No, no. Teachers, it's everything. All, all the manifestations of the Spirit. Everything. Basta, about prophetic, about teaching, about miraculous, about nurturing, about pastoral, about evangelism. I'm telling you, you see the way we are, we see the way the teachings are coming. Assuming we should mount a crusade, <laughs> assuming we should mount a crusade, that we are doing a one week crusade. I <laughs> Just, just imagine what will happen. <laughs> Look at what we are doing here. Assuming what you are doing here, we have mounted a big platform and we are doing a crusade. <laughs> I tell you, you're both preaching. If the preaching doesn't pull you, the miraculous will pull you. If the miraculous doesn't pull you, the healing will pull you. If the healing doesn't pull you, prophecy will pull you. You have a which hopeful. I accept Christ. <laughs> my, my son, my son prophesied one Muslim lady. Prophesied to her, son, she was standing there. She just knelt down. He said, I accept Jesus Christ. <laughs> no need to preach. <laughs> now, now the lady, the lady and the brother, they are now Christians. They are not Christians. So they, they come to church. I told them that they will even make them evangelism secretaries. Sure. They are not Christians, crap. By pro no need for uh, Brian, oh, Master, 
Son of God, prophesy to her, told her about the mother, told her about the father, told her about as, And as the prophecy it was coming, the conviction was taking place in her heart. She stood there before she was, she was kneeling down. He said, why? I want to accept this man. I want to accept this Jesus. That's it. So I tell you, that's that, that, that it. Everything, everything is working. Hallelujah. Everything is working. And what we are doing is something that is released to all. I told you that anything that you see in this platform is something you can do. Don't limit yourself. Anything you see anyone move in this area is something God has made available for you. God is letting you see that there's a dimension you have not reached. So yearn for it and you can walk in it. That's it. Whatever the man of God spoke about is telling you that there's a realm that you can get into. There's a realm. And we are not selfish people. We are not people that we want to do something that you have to pay a price and do something. Master, if you receive, we will share. We don't, we, we don't sit on it and monopolize a system like, like some of this revelation he has. He could have just sat down in his room. If you want to come, you pay consultation fee. Pay $5,000. He will teach you one decree. If I know, one dollar, one decree. <laughs> One dollar, one decree. But just look at it. He has freely shared with us free. This is not like not a conference that you have to free of charge. It's a selfless person, you know. That's the kind of that's how we are. That's how God has made us. So I want you to just allow yourself and let God help you. I pray that may the Lord cause you to be strengthened in all angles. Even in the name of Jesus. God bless you so much. Our time is up. I know we have taken much of your time. Um, God willing, in the afternoon, let's meet and pray. Let's pray for the shakings in my line time. Just one hour prayer, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. GMT. Just come and let's pray. It's just a prayer session. Then this evening, we'll have um, an, a spirit engagement. We'll have a Holy Ghost meeting as we do. You, you, you know the thing of that. Yeah, we just come and drink of the spirit just saturate our the presence of the lord and all those things and it's going to be very powerful hallelujah and don't forget to invite somebody don't come alone invite somebody let somebody come and let god use you to bless somebody's life the lord bless you so much for coming man of god god bless you for coming tomorrow we are climaxing the whole thing yeah on the decree 4 a.m gmt to 6 a.m gmt and the Lord will bless you. Tomorrow too, we are having our prayer intense. Hallelujah. Is somebody ready for prayer intense? <laughs> our, having our prayer intense will be coming off very powerful. We are, we are having the woman of God, Dr. Faith, uh, ministry outside the uh, UK to come and bless us. It's going to be very powerful. It's going to be black and white, black and white engagement. <laughs> so you see black anointing, you see white anointing. <laughs> So Friday is going to be very powerful tomorrow night. Black and white engagement. Yeah, you'll be hearing the two types of English languages. You hear, you know, they hear my brother, my brother. You see, my brother, my brother, my brother, my brother. They hear my brother, my brother. You see that the English language, they are different. <laughs> May the Lord help you to hear it well. <laughs> Even in the name of Jesus. Charlie, we shall meet tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>